All right. Um, so well, Andy, how are we feeling about the webcam? I think we just roll with all the webcam for today so we can get started. All right. Yeah, it's not feeling great, Chief. Okay, webcam not <laughs> feeling great. Anyways, guys, um, we are five minutes in, and let's actually start the podcast. So uh, my name is James. I am your host. Welcome to the Boys Pod Asked Live. Uh, I have here two beautiful gentlemen, uh, Christian and Andy. They are joining us today. Christian, my co-host, and Andy, our special guest or potentially future member. Who knows? <laughs> it's all a mystery to us and you. Um, so... Uh, we, we have several spicy topics for today. We're gonna have a lot of fun with these and we're gonna dig in deep as fuck. Um, and so that being said, we're gonna get right into it. Our first topic of the day, we're gonna be talking about Disguised Toast, why he's getting canceled. And, uh, first of all, Christian, why is he getting canceled? Well, uh, I'll go on that in a second. Uh, you need to switch names around because all the names <laughs> are switched about. <laughs> okay. But, uh, Toast is getting canceled for quite a few things uh this happened more so last week i think it's kind of died down but um just a bunch of things they said in the past because he is a edgy humor type of guy and as you know um even the slightly uh just anything that is slightly edgy racist sexist whatever is taken about 500 times more seriously nowadays than it would have been about five years ago so a bunch of past content that he used to do is being brought up, just stuff like that. Um, a bunch of assumptions are being thrown around by, you know, cancel culture, stuff like that. Just things that aren't true at all. And, I mean, some of these kids are just, like, eating it up and, you know, just going at toes. But he made a response to everything, just kind of saying, like, hey, this is why you're wrong. This is why you suck. Stuff like that. So, um, I don't really know if he's being hardcore canceled anymore, but... Uh, a lot of people just went at him. Yeah. So according to an article about it, um, after several people started getting the disguised Toast canceled trend, he decided to break his silence on Twitter. I was after the thread went viral, Toast posted addressing my problematic past and being canceled. He wrote, I have always towed the line of edgy humor when it comes to my online presence. Over the last five years, I've developed a more sarcastic, blunt, and satirical personality. There's nothing about what I've done publicly that I have tried to hide or delete or claim ignorance to. I take full responsibility of all that I've said and my actions. I can proudly say that I'm someone who is really open about my life in a space where many hide, not because they are bad people, but because people on the internet love judging and backseating a streamer's life. Toast revealed he decided to speak up when his friends started getting targeted. In his response, he also spoke about the allegations placed on him. He ended the post by writing, The one thing I ask is to leave my friends alone. They are wonderful people that don't deserve any hate for associating with me. Boycott my content, cancel me, whatever, but don't drag them into it by pressuring them or demanding an apology from them just because we play games together. What do you think about that, Andy? Yeah, um, I mean, one of the big things with uh, cancel culture right now is obviously people are very, you know, on edge about anything that can be construed as offensive or, uh, you know, racist or, or anything like that. And especially as like a high profile member of the streaming community, it's definitely important that you obviously watch what you say, but you know, in, you know, for instance, the claims that he's racist, uh, you know, definitely one of the instances that I know the referencing involves uh, uh, basically an off color joke that he read off a website. And I believe in the original clip, it was actually blocked out, but uh, especially now people are really, really quick to judge. Um, not saying what he did, you know, 
especially some of the more obvious recorded stuff is excusable, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you can't just do things that are provocative and not expect recourse. And it's unfortunate that, you know, some streamers aren't free to do that, uh, and have that freedom because of that. But, uh, you know, if you are obviously blatantly doing things that people are accusing him of, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those things where you have to accept the consequences for your edginess, so to speak. Right. So, um, that's definitely a great point that it is a, it's a much tougher climate for content creators, public figures, especially on the internet where, like he said, uh, in that article or in, or in his Twitter longer post, uh, that, that, you know, a lot of people like to hide just because people on the internet, they, they do like to just attack people for that. What do you think of his response? What do you think of him saying, I don't care if you try to cancel me, I'm not afraid of who I am? What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think it's a good point that, you know, if you're constantly changing to try and appease people, you're not really being yourself and you're kind of just fake. And I think that for content creators who try and, you know, add that little personal spice, I think those are the people that obviously get where they got for a reason. And uh, if you're basically trying to appease everyone, uh, you're going to lose yourself and you're going to lose your your core audience in the process. I mean, there you have to at some point just pick a direction and shoot. You can't just constantly be wavering back and forth. Absolutely. Christian, what do you, what do you think of his of his response? I don't know. I think he kind of put it perfectly. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, if I were in his shoes, I probably would have said something along the same line. Um, there isn't really much else that he could have said unless, you know, as Andy said, he was going to change his entire uh, persona, his entire personality just to appease people, which if I'm being honest, that just sounds like it wouldn't even be fun. Like, I don't know why you'd be, you'd be doing it at that point, why you'd be streaming, making videos, whatever, if you're just going to constantly change to be whatever somebody wants you to be versus somebody that you actually are. So uh, I think what he said, he did perfectly, did it professionally. He kind of went at them a little bit, a little bit aggressively every now and then, but it, it was needed. It was definitely needed. Um, and it seems like things have definitely calmed down for the time being. So I'm glad that he isn't like totally canceled or anything like that. But I mean, if you look at, you know, what he tweeted out, the things that people said against him, um, like, for example, one of them said he promotes pedophilia because they were doing a game of, what is it, Scriblio? And the prompt was illegal. So he drew a stick figure of a young girl, um, you know, saying that pedophilia is legal, basically. And, you know, while the humor was, you know, quote unquote, tasteless, that doesn't mean at all that he supports pedophilia, stuff like that. So, um, uh, and the fact that he even has to say that just shows where our current generation is and the direction that we're taking in. And to me, that's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of sad that, you know, people have to come out and say, wow, I don't support something that horrible, all for some edgy humor. Yeah, so, so guys, uh, whoever's watching, I just want to make it very clear. The Boys Podcast Live, we do not support pedophiles. Yeah, just no, we don't. Clear, okay? no. <laughs> just make it that clear. We're 100% not for them. Not about it. So just just so we're, just so we're absolutely clear. Um, but you're absolutely right, Christian. It is, it is, like I was saying earlier, a very tough climate because there is so much cancel culture out there. And there's people who want to take the moral high ground just to take it. 
They might not even care about you. They might not even know who you are. You may not have any impact on their lives whatsoever, but what they want to do is they want to get on Twitter. They want to get a following, an audience, and they want to attack because it's really easy to make people angry. Getting a following by making people angry is a lot easier than getting a following by making people love you. Um, well, and if, ahead, if I can jump in here, I mean, too, you know, right now we have a really big problem with people not gathering facts. You know, they'll, they'll read a, uh, a news article title and they think that they're a subject matter expert on the subject. And so when they oh read a Twitter, God, that is so know, true. you know, a Twitter article where, you know, it's it's 255 characters, they think that they've just read somebody's entire life and they feel qualified to you know, talk about the subject. And that's one of the most frustrating things. I mean, you see it on Facebook, you see it on the news, you know, CNN will say something some way and, and Fox says it's something else. And depending on how it's worded, it means something completely different. And, you know, in situations like this where people are just, you know, obviously in a mood to basically burn down someone's life over stuff that happened years ago, it's it's just frustrating one for the content creator because then they have to always constantly backtrack they have to constantly be on their edge and again it goes back to you know basically changing who you are but you know it it people just fail to critically think about a situation and, and gather all the facts before forming an informed opinion and they just rely on you know information to be spoon-fed to them and i think that's part of the problem with the cancel culture you know especially in a situation like this people don't actually take the time to react and you know form an educated opinion on the matter and then uh spread their opinion they just you know they just basically grab their pitchforks and say let's let's burn down this man's life even though you know in in the grand scheme of things you know everything that he he's said and done is you know researchable you you can find all the evidence to support what this guy's done and form an educated opinion and it's just unfortunate that you know so many people are just attacking a guy because you know some influencer said hey look you know, this is bad. And, and you see it a lot, you know, it isn't just this guy, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of cancel culture where people just, they can't form an uh, informed opinion. Yeah. I mean, like waffles was saying the current state of content creation, public opinion, you know, everyone has an opinion on something and that's, that's really frustrating. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess you're kind of veering into cancel culture as a whole here. Um, so I guess I'll just keep it that way. But I think Waffles put it perfectly. You know, it's the same that people just look back, you know, into your past and they dig into who you were as a person in the past as if that speaks anything as to who you are now as a person. I mean, the whole point of growing up is to change who you were in the past and mature and grow from those choices that you made in the past. So for them to say, wow, you're a bad person just for something you did like, you know, 10 odd years ago, that's just fucking insane to me that we went from focusing on maturing, growing up, being a good person to, wow, you did something 20 years ago. Woohoo. You brought it up, but now you're a bad person. Like, I don't know. To me, that's crazy. No, and I, I totally get that. I'm in the same boat. When I was like 12, 13, 14 years old, I was a little shit. I was like, I was just trying to be edgy to be edgy because I had never been edgy in my life before. So I said terrible things. Uh, luckily, they weren't recorded or on the internet. Um, but it's the same thing. It's like if, if someone were to somehow have a recording of that or something like that and bring that up in, in, in five years or something, uh, you know, they'd be like, oh, my God, cancel, cancel James, cancel Goodnight because he said this shit 10 years ago. And I'm like, hey, just so we're aware... Again, number one, still not supporting pedophiles. We're, we're against that. Number two, not for racism. Actually pretty against that. 
Um, I can speak for all the fellows on the podcast here. We don't really like that. We don't like sexism, homophobia. Uh, we're all actually pretty decent people, um, believe it or not, right? And it's just the idea that you can take these out-of-context clips from years ago, and I get it, right? There's a saying, like, people never change, all that shit. But to a degree, it's like when you're, especially in a younger age, and you're trying to find yourself and your identity, and you're also trying to get reactions out of people like I was, like I still do, um, that's a lot of what I, I, what I did growing up was I, I liked to try to try to make people react, try to make them feel uncomfortable or anything just so I could get that reaction, get a laugh, get whatever the fuck it was I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, like awkward humor to me was the best humor. As yeah. A child. And it was, like, it, I love that. Yeah. And some things were funny and some things were pretty tasteless, but you understand that and you learn that things are tasteless because you say those things and then you're like, oh, God, everyone was like, wow, that's really racist. You shouldn't say that. And you're like, that's not a joke. That's racism. I won't do that anymore. Um, so I think that it's it's just tough when you're going back into people people's lives when they're much younger. Um, they haven't had the life experience that they now have. Um, it's, it's just tough to try to ruin their lives because of something they said so long ago. And I do agree when there are certain situations in certain contexts of like, holy shit, like, uh, we didn't even talk about this in the pot uh, and the topics, but like David Dobrik um, and all that shit that, that has been kind of coming out, which I don't know a lot about. So I won't talk about, but um, certain allegations I think are more important than others. If someone like the guy tweeting out uh, disguised toast made some uh, very uh, dark and offensive jokes back in the day, like, okay, Cool. And you look at Jake Paul, who literally has a like sexual harassment allegation against him, I think, and that's not getting, you know, really covered at all anymore. That that was brought up for like one day, and then they got covered by the Jake Paul fight. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and that I mean that's an interesting thing because this isn't a, a topic that just affects content creators. I mean, like obviously I've been in the business and now I'm out of it, but I mean even like you know public servant, you know, you're. Oh my god! Yeah. You're wearing a body cam. I mean, it's good that I believe in my opinion that everyone, you know, cops and, you know, firefighters and, you know, police dispatchers and stuff like that are all recorded. I mean, obviously there's some burden to, you know, watch public servants, but, you know, people will take a clip of, of something that, you know, uh, you know, they will record the, the 10 second juicy clip and, and have no backstory on it. Everyone gets all riled up and then all of a sudden the backstory comes out and, oh, hey, yeah, guess what? That's not a, what all happened. I mean one little 10 second clip and you got people showing up at your doorstep threatening your family but most of the and... time at that point it's too late uh everybody right. just has the 10 second clip nobody has the backstory and people just Correct. go off and assume things and the first story that gets out is what goes so right. the actual backstory is just it's not there it's gone <sighs> so well that's probably enough for now because we have about four topics to do in 40 minutes <laughs> yeah, we're chilling i mean we can always we can go a little bit longer if we need to as well um, do you want to do Tarkov or yeah. Yeah, right, go talk for about it. Tarkov? So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there is a video game that I play called Escape from Tarkov. You may have heard of it. You may have watched me play it. Uh, you may not know anything about it. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the current state of Tarkov and also kind of bring Andy and Christian into the conversation because while they may not be Tarkov aficionados like myself, uh, they can still offer good insight into gaming and what makes gaming a an enjoyable experience. Um, so some of the issues that uh, have been uh, plaguing Escape from Tarkov are um, things like desync. Um, 
that's that's one thing. And if you're not aware of what desync is, desync is basically the server netcode not really syncing the players up together um, as, as close as they could be. In an online video game, right, you're sitting at your computer, someone across the country is sitting at theirs, and it's the network's job to make sure that you guys are both seeing the same thing at the same time. Uh, as far as Tarkov goes, their netcode is not the best, and so you often have situations where you peek a corner, you see a guy, you go hide behind the corner, and then you die um, afterwards. On his screen, he shot you in the head, but on your screen, you were already hiding because that's the, the net code isn't properly coded or I, I'm not gonna pretend to know how it works. Um, I'm just, you know, one of the masses is like, fix it. How hard could it be? Fix it. Um, but basically that's, that's one big problem. Um, but that's more of the developer side. Uh, not as big a thing that we can really fix as a player base until whether the infrastructure of the servers gets better or the code or whatever they decide to do with that. Um, what we can really talk about uh, and fix is there's this, this age-old discussion about crabs and crab, crabs slash rats versus the chads, right? The crabs and rats are the people who sit in corners. They camp. They sit in bushes. They're waiting silent, ready to shoot someone in the back or ambush them. Um, the chads are the people who sprint around. They try to peek people. They use desync to their advantage or try to um, just by pre-firing corners and, and playing super aggressive. And there seems to always be a war of chads complaining about um, you know, the, the rats hiding, the rats complaining about the chads using desync, um, and all that different stuff. So, uh, I saw some good discussion about this on, uh, the podcast yesterday on Pestily stream about Tarkov and about the update. Um, but I mean, Christian or Andy, what are your, what is your perspective on players who, uh, you have this, these two different play styles that are so contrasted to each other and yet they are, you're forced to be in lobbies with them. Um, so what are you well, guys' thoughts? Yeah. Well, I think I'll go first here. Um, I mean, it's hard to, uh, I guess, effectively talk about, you know, play styles. I don't know much about the game, but um, what I can say about it is every game is going to have their own play styles. Every game is different. You know, Warzone's kind of the same way. Um, you know, Overwatch, all those games, they all have different play styles and how people play them. Um, if netcode is an issue, you're obviously going to have a ton of people who are just going to abuse that. I mean, same with rats, you know, people who are just scared to push out, stuff like that. They're just going to hide, loot, and, you know, try to scurry away. Um, I don't really know if there's much that, you know, you really can do about it, though. I mean, if I were playing the game, I would definitely be a chat and just abuse the netcode. I mean... That seems like the best way to get loot, um, the best way to go about it, best way to get kills. It just sounds like fun. However, I would be an asshole in doing that, I feel like. Well, and, and I would definitely... when, when we complain about desync, right, it's not like you can run around a corner, kill three guys before they even see you. Um, it's it's a slight, you know, maybe a, a half a second at times. It's not it's not. But I mean, even like half a second. I mean, uh, that doesn't sound like a lot to people who don't game a lot, but half a second in a game is huge. Oh, yeah, Especially yeah. in a game like Warzone, um, where half a second can mean, you know, they are 20 feet ahead of where they were about half a second before. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. Yeah, well, and the thing with netcode is it's it's really hard, too, because, uh, you know, depending on how a game calculates players' positions, you know, basically the gist of it is is you want to have your home latency and your connection to the server. The server has to calculate 
all players' movements, and that's dependent on what each and every single person's reporting. Also, and that's some tick point, rate too. Well, the this, heartbeat of the server. Yeah, the the heartbeat of the server. It depends on the tick rate. You know, does the server have a high tick rate? And then when it gets sent back to you, somebody who's on a one millisecond latency connection is going to get that that position and update their position faster than everyone else. And so, you know, naturally, the closer you are to the server, you know, the server's calculations, it's going to favor whoever's naturally closer and has the most optimal connection. And some games, you know, they do client-side calculation where, you know, the client calculates their position, sends it to the server, the server agrees with it or not, and sends it back. And, you know, it, it just depends on what the developer chooses. Uh, you know, a good good example of this would be like Aaron on Battleground. You know, when that game first released in beta, their netcode was awful. Like you're talking picking up off the off the ground you'd be sitting 30 40 seconds picking it up and the next thing you'd just be dead i mean it, it, somebody could have shot you 20 seconds ago and then all of a sudden the server's like oh yeah you died by the way uh <laughs> not sure if you're you aware of that but you're dead um and so uh in terms of you know hunt and peck play style versus you know actually go out it really depends on the type of person you know i think that says a lot about you know who a player is the the people who you obviously go out are probably the people that take risks in real life and I think that playstyle, you know, reflects on them as a person. And I think that if you are, oh, how gaming servers have come, yeah. I mean, if if uh, you know, if you're a hunt and you know gather playstyle, you probably you know take more calculated risks. You evaluate a situation. You sit and watch in a kind of more of the stealthy game playstyle. And I think they definitely both have their pros and cons. Uh, you know, in a game like Tarkov, you know, it's a sensory game, right? I mean, you you can hear where someone's at spatially, three floors above you, and you need to choose: do I do I push? Do I wait? Uh, you know, and and it's just you know a matter of patience and risk and reward. You know, if you decide that it's worth the risk to go upstairs and, and take that fight, then go for it. If it's you know, if you decide that you want to wait it out and see if the other person will take the risk, I mean, it's it's that trade-off. You know, are you going to benefit from taking this risk? And I think Tarkov is one of those games where, you know, it is a lot of that. You have to make split-second decisions. Is it worth it to take this risk? Or is it worth it to just wait it out and maybe pick another fight or or what have you? And, you know, spaghetti code aside, you know, it, you know it's a game that, you know, is, is risk versus reward a yeah. lot of the time. And I, you know, I personally don't have issue with, you know, and I, I myself will, if I hear someone running around or especially a large group, I will freeze in my tracks and I'll try to make minimal noise. I think it's just... Right now, the Tarkov community is frustrated with the sheer amount of people who are playing like that from the get-go with no other, you know, sensory type of, of input, right? They they go into a match with the sole intention of sitting and camping. And I think that's really, it, 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 it it's something that has started to uh, affect the community. There are definitely still lots of players who want to play an aggressive play style, but it's putting a damper on it with so many people just sitting in corners and hiding and Again, not much you can do, but hopefully encourage the community to take more risks, have fun with the game, try to show that maybe there's more fun to a game than just camping and shooting someone in the back, um, which I think is something that maybe might appeal to more newer players, um, newer players that, that don't have the skills necessary to uh, aggress and stuff. But I think there's also players who um, they like to be toxic little fucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the guy who just commented in chat, uh, Y1234 8080, uh, has a really great point. That's games by the way. like doesn't have, um, you know, it doesn't have a mechanism to encourage those people to come out of hiding. Um, you know, if somebody wants to kind of sit in a corner, they can. You know, some games remedied this by, you know, putting in a fog that kills you. Some games, 
uh, have inactivity timers, uh, you know, and, you know, some games like, you know, PUBG will award, you know, greater XP, greater drops for, you know, having more kills and, and more distance traveled. You know, there's some games that give you rewards for more distance traveled, you know, certain, certain metrics that indicate that you are active. Uh, and I think that they just haven't found the incentive yet to uh, incentivize people having that aggressive playstyle. But I think that the game also was built with the intention of either, you know, stealthy or you know, go yeah. loud, kick down doors type playstyle. Which I think that there is definitely room for both of those playstyles. But I think one thing that they also talked about on Pestley's podcast was um, we just need more areas in Tarkov. We need more, uh, more maps, more extracts. You got people who. You, you camp and hold choke points. Um, you might not even go loot. You might just go sit and hold outside the extract and wait for someone who has been looting to uh, go go take that extract. And one thing they mentioned was like, hey, let's just let's just work on getting more maps out there. Let's get more extracts so that um, even if there are people who want to camp, that it's more spread out and you're not running into it as as much, right? I don't really know if more maps would be, I guess... Uh, I think that um, if you put it just great, they just need a reward for playing aggressive. More maps could definitely help, but I think if you had a an incentive to be aggressive, and I think League is a great example of this. I mean, um, I know you guys don't really play League except for Andy, but you can sit there, you can get gold XP for you know passively killing uh, minions, but if you go out and you kill a player, that's a lot more gold. That's uh, a bit of XP, but that gold can allow you to snowball and, you know, win the game versus just sitting there, you know, killing minions and leveling up from that. That only works, you know, so long in the game. There isn't really, at least when I uh, played XA from Tarkov for like the three times I did, the only thing that really, I guess, like maybe you want to, you know, shoot someone is you know, the reward that I got from it, or I guess the feeling that I got from it, like, yeah, I'm better than you, or, you know, the fact that I could just loot their body, and half the time they didn't, didn't even have, like, good stuff on them. So it's like, why did I just waste my ammo? Yeah. No, so. totally. I, I think it's just something where uh, you have certain players that, that like a certain playstyle, and, you know, it's frustrating to be countered by a different playstyle that just feels cheap, I guess, is, is the feeling. Um... But I think the same could be said of, of one side as, as easily as the other um, from one side to another. But a lot of people said All removing right. found and raid would improve it. Kill players, sell their gear, or if you get good loot, you put it in your, in your gamma. You don't have to worry if you die or not because you could sell it. Here's the thing, though, is if you want, if, if there's a really good player in the lobby, right? You know he's good. He's killing everyone else. He's got a ton of gear on him. Um, you watch him mow down five players... Are you really going to go play aggressive for him? Or are you going to sit in a corner and wait for him to run past? Um, that That's the type of thing of like, it would, it would be better if everyone decided to play aggressive and said, okay, whoever wins this fight is the better player. Cool, awesome. You hit your shots. I didn't. GG, right? But instead, it's, it's now, I don't care if this guy's better than me. I'm going to play in a certain play style. And I think that that's just something that as, as a gaming community, I just, there's nothing, I, I don't know if you can really change that mindset from a, the gaming side of things. Um, that's something that has to be more of a community type things. Aggressive because he's probably reloading. <laughs> that's fair. All Time right. Slower. Yeah. 
but we can uh, we can go ahead and move on from this uh we had a little tarkov talk there and um let me vent my frustrations a little bit uh but moving on to our next topic uh we're going to talk about the colonial pipeline so i don't know if anyone was actually impacted by this but there were some gas shortages um over the weekend or, or when, this is a couple weeks ago right um uh, no this is actually just uh yeah earlier this week yeah recently happened yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try my webcam real quick. Uh, you know, hopefully I don't mess anything up here. Uh, here I come to mess up today. Um, but yeah, there was uh, what is it? <laughs> there was a a cyber attack. I think we're live. Oh, it works. Hey, what's up, hey, Andy? Hey, what's oh, up? We got a green screen. Whoa, oh God. I do. Now it's just showing him. No. All right, we're good. <laughs> we're vibing. We're chilling. Hey, okay. I like that. So, um, basically, there was a cyber attack and probably one of the uh, biggest pipelines for uh, gas earlier this week. Um, recently, they uh, they are you know getting it back up and you now they're you know resuming operations stuff like that. But there was about to be a gas shortage in about all the southeastern states, I want to say. And man. There are people saying that, you know, it was Biden's fault. There are some people saying that we should have paid the ransom just to get the gas up quickly. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, well, so, let me uh, preface. It wasn't really a shortage. Uh, I do no. agree with you there, Medic. It was It was more so they had the gas. They just couldn't get it out safely or effectively, that is. Yeah. So, I mean, for something like this, I think that the pipeline company has a little bit to do with this as well. I mean... Obviously, their system was compromised. Uh, you know, we at work even we just had a server get ransomware too. I mean, it happened. Um, a lot of the times, surprisingly enough, it's caused by just poor, you know, network security. Um, you know, a lot of times they leave it, you know, admin password, uh, and they can get in. Uh, but the the reality is, is we have so much oil in this country. We are the you know the world's leading oil producer. Uh, we we during the start of the coronavirus in March, we were literally paying barges to hold the oil in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, that's how much oil we had. I mean, get oil there for a little bit went below a dollar or a $0. I mean, there was like negative dollar yeah. amount for oil. And so, I mean, in terms of, you know, world oil crisis, we're, we're nowhere near, uh, you know, due to all the, uh, you know, the low cost of oil. That's, that's one of the issues we've had is the low cost of oil we've had in this country uh, has actually led to a lot of the smaller drilling operations closing down uh, and being bought out by companies like Holly Burton and uh, stuff like that. And uh, when people are talking pipelines, I mean, they're moving not only just crude oil, but they're moving refined products like natural gas and, and whatnot for natural gas turbine plants. And, you know, back home, you know, where I'm from, we have a huge plant with a six foot uh, you know, natural gas pipeline that's pushing millions of cubic feet of gas through to basically create steam. I mean, if something like that were to happen, yeah, I mean, if if something like this were to happen, you know, in say like a, a third world country or, you know, say Africa or, you know, even Europe, I mean, Europe's not quite as large as the United States and it, and it does rely a little bit on, you know, Russia for, for oil and natural gas demands. And at times, you know, the world over, in the United States, we aren't affected by this. We're pretty mean. I mean, Canada has all of its shale oil production. Uh, the United States has all of its, uh, you know, Brent uh, crude, and, and or that's uh, Europe. But uh, you know, the United States has all of its crude that's up underneath the 
Rocky Mountains. We're not in any shortage of, of natural gas. And these people, uh, again, boiled back down to the conversation we were having about people just reading a news article and then, you know, worrying about, you know, what they read off a title. I mean, they don't they don't critically think that we have a lot of oil in this country. I mean, billions and billions of barrels, even in reserves. I mean, we're, we're not running out of oil. I mean, this is just a knee jerk reaction to what they're being fed on TV and not a realistic look at the I think calling it a gas like shortage is probably the worst thing that they could have done um, in terms of what to call this news story. Because um, I that, really, in my eyes, give up the wrong impression. Yeah, that, but that's well, what people because, believe because yeah, of the media. Yeah, and the gas stations were running dry. I They were, but it wasn't because of a shortage of gas. It's In my eyes, I don't really know if Biden made the right call. And I only say I don't know if he could have helped pay off the ransomware, but or if it was even the smartest call to wait as long as he did to see if it would come back up. I mean, obviously, it's fine now, but that was a super big risk to say, uh, you know, let's not pay the ransomware. Let's not help the private company. Let's just, you know, let them do their thing, see if they get back online and we'll call it good, which they did. But in my eyes, that was a super big risk uh, to take. So I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, I mean from a different. Yeah, go ahead. Andy. Go ahead. Oh, OK. Yeah. I mean, from a cybersecurity perspective, I mean, redundancy is really big and especially critical systems like the, you know, energy grid or, uh, you know, oil, and natural gas pipelines. I mean, that stuff should be air gapped. I mean, there's certain monitoring systems that need to be on the, you know, a network, but I think. I think that if somebody from an outside, uh, you know, connection was able to remotely access your stuff uh, and inflict that kind of harm, I, I definitely think that uh, certain precautions uh, were failed. And, and I think that boils down to uh, just basically just laziness or neglect. Uh, you know, companies like Acer got hit by similar attacks. Uh, you know, $50 million was what they were ransomed. Uh, we were... Uh, you know, certain companies like this one or, um, you know, I, I just I just find it hard to believe that if you're running uh, a pipeline that affects a nation's, you know, energy security, that you would have systems that are connected. You know, we saw this with uh, a sewer treatment plant. They dumped a hazardous amount of uh, their cleaning agent in the water, which would have basically created a, a poison gas bomb. Uh, that would have crippled their sewage treatment plan. I mean, that's I I can't imagine why a system that you know dispenses chemical at that rate would would obviously not be protected. You know, because that is obviously like almost like a national security thing. I mean, it is. It's it's affecting our energy grid. Um, something at least coming from a cybersecurity standpoint, um, and what I'm confused about because something that happens with my code sometimes and whenever I'm coding, I do this all the time. I put in some fail saves, stuff like that, just in case the code doesn't work. I always have um, some backups that'll make it work. You know, it won't be as efficient, won't be as good, but it's still there. Or, you know, in this case, maybe some of it could have been done via not the Internet, not network. Um, I just find it hard to hard to believe that one of the biggest pipelines in America couldn't figure out a way to make it function um, with some of their stuff under ransomware. Or okay, maybe I mean, maybe what? it was functioning and it wasn't just as efficient, but I mean, there are 
I think there are a lot of different ways you can go about it. So at least I think. Yeah. Well, and two, one thing is, is, you know, like government and private sector that works on stuff like that, they don't really tend to like to spend money to modernize their stuff. And you'll find in a lot of instances, you know, even like our nuclear missiles, they use technology from the 1960s. I mean, like they have to special order capacitors for their boards when they go out because they just no one supports that stuff anymore. But the reason why they use that is because it, it's reliable. It works for 10, 20, 30 years without breaking down. But the problem is, is, you know, say today I put it in and then 30 years from now, some some guy who just went through tech school comes in and he has to fix it. He's not going to know how to fix it. He's relying yeah. on old documentation. They're having to call in experts. You know, the code is not even going to be anywhere near the same. You go back 30 years, uh, you know, half the programming languages like, you know, HTML, uh, the new HTML standard, CSS3, that stuff wasn't even around. But that's all the stuff that's, you know, modern now. Uh, you know, they were using old stuff. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I guess we could um, push us into a different point. I mean, how do you feel about how much oil we're saving up? I mean... Uh, do you think that we should be sending it out to other countries or do you think we should be holding it for ourselves? What do you guys think? Well, uh, I think I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know a lot. This is not my area of expertise. <laughs> However, if we're talking about, um, you know, us with a massive reserve that we're not necessarily using or going to use in the foreseeable future. And if we're looking, you know, if you're saying send it out to other countries that may be running out, um, I, that's a that's a tough thing because if we're looking to aid other countries, that's different than than marketing it, right? Um, if we're looking to to make a buck and capitalize on our reserve, then absolutely, I'd say use it in the market, using the global market, and make money um, based off of it. And then if we're just looking to aid other countries, I, I don't know if that's necessarily what we're looking at uh, or what we, sh what we should be doing as a country. Um, obviously, we have a lot of relief uh, foundations and things that we do in other countries as well i think it's also important to not overextend ourselves and maybe if we do have a massive oil reserve cutting back on some of the production that we're doing um obviously there are some um like uh, flint michigan there's some areas where uh oil drilling or any production of the, any of that has been negative for the environment for uh, the people surrounding that environment so that if we had in excess and we we're producing uh, enough to keep us going and maybe a slight reserve uh, I think it may be appropriate to cut back a little bit on the production. I know that that's not how capitalism works. Uh, capitalism doesn't cut back for a profit, but uh, I think that maybe in terms of looking at the environment and I mean, the earth has a finite amount of resources, right? Probably not going to run out in our lifetimes, uh, but eventually it will. And that's, that's dependent on how much we take and use and, and how much we put back into the earth. So I think that, that not stockpiling a massive amount could be beneficial and learning to live within our means as a country, as a society, and as a, as a world on a global scale would be really important for the longevity of, of humanity and the earth and whatever that means. But that's my part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, like, if I'm a business owner who is responsible for drilling for the oil, I want the oil to cost as much as it can so I can extract it as cheaply as possible. And... It obviously doesn't benefit the world to or these these companies to give the oil out. I mean, obviously you're not in business to lose money. And, you know, as a you know, as a government, you're concerned about your supply chain and your security. Sorry, my cats keep jumping up on my desk. Um, 
you know, you obviously are wanting as a government to have enough resources for your people. Uh, cause obviously if you're, uh, you know, people are not happy, then obviously you're not happy. Um, and then you have the, the environmental, you know, side of it where, you know, you extract some, I mean, if you take a look at the earthquake maps in Oklahoma and Texas and, and all that, you see that, you know, the fracking is causing massive earthquakes, you know, there's thousands upon thousands of them. And so, I mean, there is a, like a huge environmental impact, uh, for the extraction of the resources. Uh, and then you have, you know, the development side, right? There's, you know, nuclear power that there's a lot of misinformation about, uh, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, it was branded as this really evil thing. And so more people built nuclear reactors and they're efficient and they work. And then all of a sudden now, you know, there's an issue with this, you know, hiding the waste from the, you know, nuclear projects. Um, you know, people are saying solar is the answer. And yeah, you can build a, a 2000 megawatt solar farm for just as much as you can for an equivalent uh, nuclear farm. And it probably will get cheaper. You're right. But, uh, you know, the amount of space it takes to build an on-land solar plant right now you know you're looking at you know a 2000 megawatt plant being you know like two million or two billion uh when i researched it and you know then then you have stuff like the tokamak reactors that are they're achieving you know nuclear fission uh they're just not achieving it in a energy positive way they're they're putting more energy into it than they're getting out and right now there's a lot of research into how to basically create the sun on earth and they're looking into, you know, uh, different, you know, things like, uh, you know, boron reactors and um, cobalt, you know, cobalt salt reactors and sodium salt reactors and stuff like that, that are more efficient. But again, the development costs are billions and billions and billions and millions. Uh, and then, you know, on the research and development side of it as well, you know, you look at the Large Hadron Collider that they built in Switzerland. And there was a lot of misinformation going around saying that as soon as they collided two heavy particles together at, you know, 99.998% the speed of light, uh, that it was going to create a black hole and destroy the earth. And so that's, that's part of the problem is getting regulators who are, you know, 60 and 70 years old to buy into new technology because they don't understand it. Uh, they're still using Blackberries and their assistants are still shooting text messages out. And these corporations that can make these changes and that are doing the research are getting basically shut down because, uh, you know, they still have people that uh, don't understand it and think that it's evil and they are in the position of power to approve or deny it is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just like a, a one size fit all problem. I mean, there's definitely a lot of fronts to tackle and, and a lot of it is, is again, we we've covered a lot is people are incapable of forming their own opinion on matters. Yeah, that's definitely true. That is a society we live in. Do you have an opinion? Do you get taught for it? Yeah. We preach about free speech. But it's like if you don't hop on a bandwagon, well, then you're just an awful human being that, you know, doesn't deserve to be in America at all. Or, you know, some in some cases, some people think that you shouldn't even, you know, be a person. So. But that's just the day and age you live in. Yeah, um, I think that we got a lot of a lot of interesting things coming in the future, coming soon to a country near you. Um, but we can go ahead and move on. I, if, do you guys want to move on to the uh, vaccines topic real quick? Oh, sure. I mean, we can go over if you want. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 100%, 100% okay uh, with going green and going Canada. Go Canada. Woo! Love Canada. Love those people, man. Your syrup is so good. Um, My ouchie ouchie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on to the topic of vaccines, um, we're going to talk about a few things here. We're going to talk about, number one, who has them. If you don't have them, we'll beat you publicly. 
Um, and then we'll talk about the different types, how you're, you've reacted to it, um, and, and different things like that. So uh, I'll start out. I'll say that I've been lazy. I don't ever leave my house, so I haven't gotten mine yet. I am planning on getting it. Um, I know people who are not planning on getting it, but uh, I am. I just haven't gotten it. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Planning on doing it soon. Um, what about you, Christian? Um, yeah, I got my two doses. Um, I will say that the second one was pretty rough. Um, it's a lot harder on your immune system, and if you have a weak one, you're probably going to be sick for a week, but I was only out for like a, a night, literally a night, and I was back to normal the next day. Your immune day. system is so strong. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Alright, but um, in terms of vaccines, I I basically have them all, so what about you, Indy? Yeah, I mean, I think I have every vaccine except for this one. Um, it isn't because I haven't wanted it, it's uh, just basically laziness on my part uh you know this this vaccine is interesting for me because uh and my girlfriend's in the back she's probably gonna laugh at it because she's in the medical field but you know it's an rna virus uh bacteria or it's a rna uh vaccine uh so conventional vaccines they basically use a weakened form of the virus itself to basically teach your body how to react to it so this body attacks it figures out how to defeat it they have that memory that's how you gain immunity from a standard vaccine you know, RNA doesn't use any any of the vaccine period. It just uses the genetic code, uh, and they they basically just sequ sequence it and then basically inject the genetic code into the vaccine, uh, and it affects it completely different. I mean, basically, the the white blood cells get used to fighting on a conventional vaccine the the piece of the virus, uh, whereas you know with an RNA virus, the uh, you know it creates an antibody response. And produces antigens that way because it, it recognizes the basically what it is um and you know the rna vaccine stuff is interesting because i believe it's just an offshoot of crispr which is basically turning genes on and off you know there's there's a lot of research behind it and just using genetic code instead of uh you know altering a living thing you know a virus is neither alive nor dead uh, it's just genetic code with you know uh you know a crystalline structure around it um it's kind of like a lego where it slots in in a certain way and attaches to the proteins and that's how coronavirus works is it basically just you know spike protein it connects right into a certain uh receptor and that's that's basically how it gets into the body uh and it's just it's really hard right now because mrna uh, vaccines are such a new field of research and for me, it's kind of scary because I've been following CRISPR for the last, you know, eight, ten years. Even since I was in high school, I was really interested in RNA and CRISPR. And it's for me, this vaccine has been developed really fast, and I trust it. I just, like I said, I haven't gotten down, and I'm kind of watching to see if anyone grows like a third arm out there straight or something. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it made me grow a third arm, if you know what I'm saying. Oh my! Oh man! <laughs> Right, 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 um, right, boys. So, <laughs> I don't know. I've seen a lot of different things being said about the COVID-19 vaccine. That personally, I don't know. I haven't experienced a thing other than like shivering at night because I got like a small cold. But um, there were things... Go, go for it. Have you guys actually had COVID yet? No, I haven't. As far as I'm aware, I have not. Have not. I have had it. Uh, it wasn't fun for me personally. I know that there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, I personally in my life that have passed away from it. Um, and you know, my, I had it, 
my girlfriend's whole family had it. Um, you know, unfortunately, in our immediate circle, uh, there was no fatalities. I mean, unfortunately, people did pass away on the outer circle. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the virus, the issue with coronavirus specifically is it affects everyone differently. For me, I had no sense of smell and taste for, you know, three months, four months. I I don't taste and smell some things. You know, I'm, I'm really self-conscious of like body odor, you know, especially because I know that my smell doesn't work. So I'm, I'm hyper like, oh, do I smell? So like I'm constantly putting deodorant on and I take like two showers a day because I just like, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, my smell doesn't affect my, you know, people's perception of me. Um, I had, you know, headache. I had the fever, chills, runny nose, sore throat, chest, you know, and I didn't really have a hard time breathing. But what's been really weird to me is, you know, before I was, you know, relatively healthy, you know, I, I'm a bigger guy, but I was able to, you know, pretty much jog a mile, mile and a half without too many problems. Uh, and walking up a flight of stairs, like killed me. I was just like keeled over the stairs, like breathing, like super hard. Like I had just ran a marathon. Um, and so that's, you know, I think that to prevent people from losing loved ones or to, you know, even me, like right now, I'm talking on a phone at work and I'm walking around the office and I'm getting winded just walking around the office. Uh, and so the, the, this vax or this virus doesn't kill people, but it, you know, they say like something like 60% of the people who catch it have negative effects. And, you know, I definitely realized that, you know, like my breathing is one of them. Like I, I probably don't have nowhere near the lung capacity and people are now having like strokes and stuff because it attacks the, the lining of your blood vessels. And so the some of the fatalities from this va- virus aren't from the virus itself. It's from the side effects of the virus. And that's what people don't understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, I never had it, but for the brief moment that I felt like I was dying at night, it wasn't it wasn't fun at all. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> and then when I finally did, I woke up and I was just fine. But I mean, the cat's uh, sitting on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it just for me personally, I guess it's because of how I was raised, but it doesn't make sense to me for somebody that, you know, their entire life is based around, you know, um, you know, microbiology cells, uh, you know, the pharmaceuticals, stuff like that to go. Yeah, you know, this vaccine is safe. You know, if people put a lot of time, blood, money, energy into it and for somebody to just go, haha, vaccine bad. And then just you know disregard your twenty years of experience or whatever. I mean, yep. that to me is just mind-boggling. And over what you know, like as somebody on Facebook who has no knowledge on the subject, who like read one article on a vaccine myth or whatever, that isn't even really true. Probably. Um, no, 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 I mean, no, Christian. See, there was a very, very scientific study done proving that vaccines were linked to autism. Okay. Very scientific, very so real, very Jenny true. McCarthy, many definitely, definitely did. No, it was disproven. I don't even it was think. disproven. That whole yeah, thing, okay, that whole I was thing say, it was literally sure disproven, and people well, still not only was it disproven, true. but Jenny McCarthy came out and straight up said that she just did it for popularity. It, yeah. She straight up admitted it was false. And there are still people who still believe just because they're so damn ignorant. <laughs> they're like, they're like, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna believe it because it's on the internet. Not everything on the internet is true. Like, bitch, you believed it oh the first God. time. <laughs> I think the one that was so laughable to me is like there are um what is it? Oh my god, they're like little tiny robots in the vaccine for the government to control. Yeah. I was Bill, like, Bill what the nano fuck? Chip. <laughs> what the fuck have we come to, dude? 
I was when I was reading that, I was like, are you joking? Like, this is like the whole birds are government type thing. Like, if I shoot a bird, yeah. I'm seeing blood and shit coming out. I'm not seeing a bunch of well, wires. And people forget that they carry around a cell phone in their pocket, right? Like, Google knows where you're at at all times. Apple knows where you're at at all times. Well, like, they don't need birds. They don't need anything. They quite literally Alexa, have an entire... What's <laughs> yeah, like they have an entire walking collection of your entire life, like in your yeah. pocket. By the way, so, anyone watching, if you think that anything on your phone is private, <laughs> you are dead wrong. You are so wrong. You're like, oh my god, they're yeah. reading my text. It's like, oh no, they're doing well, more than that. I, I, I don't want to like get into like the tin pot side of it, but like literally, like your phone, your your phone in your pocket. If you have a smart TV, will link up to your TV at such a high frequency that you can't hear anything, but your phone and your TV will trade advertising information. And when you're, when you're talking, your TV develops ads. When you're, when you're playing on your phone and you're talking, your phone develops ads. And that's, that just the way it works. You know, these Man, Alexa, Amazon, some penis pills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. Like it's working <laughs> to, ma to, to make it smaller. Right. <laughs> hey, magic. Yeah. So, but it's I mean, so like, hard uh, Amazon straight up admitted that they have, you know, twelve to fifteen hundred people dedicated to listening to your Alexa turn this on. You know, they, they're actively monitoring the conversations, looking for advertising information. Uh, I mean, and it's they've been doing it for a while. I mean, Facebook is the one of the biggest, you know, problems with it. They, you know, they Facebook has even done stuff like, you know, they'll they'll modify the timelines of kids that are, you know, thirteen to fifteen, and the kids ended up killing themselves. They did it to like a thousand kids and 13 kids ended up killing themselves, citing Facebook just as nothing but negative stuff. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of really sketchy stuff and people don't realize it is, you know, you don't need to be chipped. Like Facebook has your entire life without you having to put a single thing on Facebook. Like if you go to Facebook and you download your Facebook data, you will find so much stuff in there about you that you didn't even know about yourself. And that's just downloadable by you. Every conversation, every page you viewed, uh, you know, they have your political ideologies. You know, they'll they'll straight up say, hey, look, uh, you're you're a liberal or, hey, look, you're a conservative. I mean, they, they have advertising set up to what they feel like your political beliefs are. And, and nine times out of ten, it's it's probably right. You know, if you're a moderate and a lot of that comes from the harvesting on your phone. And, you know, Facebook owns now uh, Instagram. They own Oculus, the, the VR headset company. I mean, they're they're harvesting so much raw data off of us, and and people don't realize it. It's like you don't need to be chipped by a vaccine to to know that. I mean, it, yeah. you know, and then you turn around and and Utah, the U.S. government, you know, NSA built a massive harvesting facility to record every phone call, every text message, everything like that, and then you know the eyes of national security. And so even the government, you, the the cell phone that you have, they don't need to have a chip to know exactly what you're into. You know, the FBI. Even if you look up, you know, what they recently did with the, uh, you know, hack to patch uh, debacle. And that's maybe something we can talk about on the next podcast. But, um, or the, you know, the, the Snowden the, Snowden thing as well. You know, yeah, even even that. But I mean, you know, the government got a warrant to, to hack into servers to fix a uh, Microsoft Outlook issue, you know, a, an email issue. You know, the stuff they put in the vaccine isn't isn't anything that. People need to be worried about it. It's what's coming yeah. off of your phone and what's being harvested um, out of our real and, life. And medic in the chat, you said, "Well, time to delete nudes. I got bad news for you, buddy. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it's it's too late. If you have taken a picture of your of your dick, 
It's it's somewhere. It's somewhere out there. I promise. It's yeah. in some database somewhere. Just and no to the FBI man watching this, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mr. <laughs> FBI man, how you doing? You enjoyed my browsing history the yeah. other night? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, Premier brings up a great point. It's just a thing that everyone says yes to in the TOS. Um, there have been companies that have gotten better about it that ask you if you want personalized ads, stuff like that. I mean, Google, if you go into your settings... Um, they still store that information, but they don't sell it and they don't use it, I believe. Um, well, and a lot of that, it was driven by the UK or the European Union's privacy laws. Um, I forget what the name of it is, but they they have to disclose what's being tracked on you. So they might as well just let you opt out of what can be. And California is hosted in uh, Google's hosted in California. Uh, so they have to comply with uh, California's data regulations that mirror Europe's data regulations and uh, you know, the right to be forgotten, the right to have your data deleted. Um, you know, if, if they don't comply with that, they're found guilty and they're, you know, civilly liable and criminally, you know, they they can be, you know, gone after for failing to protect people's data. Absolutely. Um, uh, so, there is one more topic. Though. Yeah, we got one more topic. Uh, so I'm going to go, we're going to go ahead and get into just a quick news story. Um, so Florida woman posed as student to promote her Instagram page. Investigators said Andre Francisquini, 28, snuck onto the campus of a Miami area high school and handed out pamphlets printed with her Instagram account. First of all, why the fuck are you printing out your Instagram account, bro? Like we're in the digital age. You don't need paper to promote your fucking Instagram. Like <laughs> it's Florida woman. There's no answer to it. I wish I could find her Instagram account because uh, the link that was on the article broke. Uh, but it says a 28 year old woman who wanted to promote her Instagram page attempted to blend in with students at a Miami area high school. Um, Monday stunt at American Senior High School landed Andre Francisquini in jail where she's facing charges of burglary, interfering with a school function, and resisting arrest without violence, the records show. Francisquini started handing out pamphlets printed with her Instagram account. Again, fucking why are you printing it out? Um, but they were printed with her Instagram account after sneaking onto the campus around 8.30 a.m. Monday morning. Uh, she had a black backpack and carried a skateboard as she walked through the hallways. This is my favorite, like... Hillary Clinton just chilling in Cedar Rapids moment. She's like, how do I look like a high school student? Uh, she's like, I know. I'll carry a fucking skateboard. <laughs> They'll never oh suspect a thing. Man, I got a, she I got made a she made a pamphlet, dude, with her Instagram. Like, she's got a fucking She had to sit there dude. and make it. She had to sit there, make that trifold, put her information on it, and then hand it out. Like, there's a there's a picture for you. <laughs> oh my lord! In the chat. <laughs> how do you do? Oh, how do you do, fellow oh. kids? There you go. Um, but anyways, <laughs> apparently the security was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" She was like, "I'm going to the registration office as a 28 year old woman." And then they were like, "Well, she went towards the registration office, but then didn't go inside." And they were like, "Okay, nope." Start so. skating through the halls, just like. <laughs> Throwing flyers at people. <laughs> yeah. And then well, I guess says, I was. All right. It says, oh, ironically enough, authorities tracked her down through her, guess what? Instagram page and arrested her later on Monday at her home in North North Miami Beach. Um, unless that's a real place, that may be a typo. Is Unless folks, you know, is North North Miami Beach a place? <laughs> Which is funny since you just talked about uh, companies, you know, knowing your exact location and all that. They tracked her through Instagram. 
Oh yeah, don't post stupid shit. If you're in high school, don't post your stupid shit on on Instagram, on Snapchat, on anything like that. If you're if you're partying, doing whatever, um, just no phones, no pictures. You don't you don't yep. want that shit. We, I mean, not gonna implicate myself in anything, but we had a rule at, in high school that just like phones phones didn't come out if we saw someone taking videos or pictures. Like, no. Nah, yeah, put nah. away, bro. Yeah, they were they were banned. Out. Yeah, um, but. Anyways, we can't find the Instagram page for this person. I'm sure that she has since done something about it. Uh, but that is, uh, I don't know, guys. If you had to, okay, scenario time. Christian and Andy, if you guys had to promote your Instagram page to a high school, how would you do it? Oh, boy, Andy, you go first. I got to think about this one. <laughs> what is okay, the question is, is it legal or no? Uh, theoretically, you don't get arrested for doing this. Okay, theoretically. Uh, oh shoot, man. If I had to, yeah, PowerPoint, right? Uh, I don't know, man. Just, I would probably just get a huge banner and just strap it all the way across the, the front of the school or something. Just like make it a stunt. Um, I mean, just go by the, everyone has to see it mentality, right? Or, Hey, I don't know. They're, they're, that's tough. That's tough. Cause high school kids are different. They're built different. Now. <laughs> they are built very different. Yeah. How about you, Christian? How would you promote to the the high school student of today? Man, let's see. I don't have any pronouns on my page, so hmm. um, what would I do? I think I would display something that I was super good at because a lot of kids these days are just like all you know clickbaity title type shit. So I think if I had something that I could clickbait and like make them want to go see my page i think that'd be the best way to go about it or just like dressing up in a t-rex costume and running around with a cape that has my instagram on it <laughs> don't know okay uh i like that the two very different approaches and and both could probably work uh it's Doug the bug i was good at sucking dick in the bathroom <laughs> follow me on instagram oh, honestly probably a good strategy for advertising get some freaks but it would work oh you'd get, a, be lot, like, you'd get a lot of people dude follow for sucky yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, all right, here we go. Another well, one. I don't know if you can really offer that to high school students. I I don't think that's actually appropriate. Um, however, if I were to advertise my Instagram page to high school students today, um, I would I would I would just put up posters of a QR code, nothing else, and I would rely on their curiosity to scan that QR code just to see what it is, and it would automatically follow my Instagram Oh page. my god, you won't believe yeah. where this leads to. <laughs> <laughs> just put a picture of, like, Kate Upton on the poster and then a QR code. <laughs> because sex oh, sells. So now we know who, uh, so now we know who, what James watches on his free time. She is an actress. Um, okay, uh -huh. she is very talented. Mm-hmm. Alright, All right. um, so... We talked about the uh, brilliant lady who was really just doing her best to network. And now, gen ladies and gentlemen, um, oh, why? Oh, no. Talk for a second, Christian. Talk about how, what's, oh. how's your sex life, Christian? Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Why are you? <laughs> you haven't been able to hear me this entire time. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> so i i mean just researching florida woman a little bit i mean it looks like she uh hacked into a police officer's instagram in 2017 posted nudes 
I feel like that's a a great way, you know, computer crime, computer fraud, misuse. I feel like that's you oh, know we don't have a felony. You know, um, yeah. I I feel like you just don't do that. Don't host. Don't hack people. That's bad. I hear. Yeah. Okay. Um. So looks like that was not her first uh interesting experience. Um. Hmm. Okay. So Call it unique. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the podcast today with our segment. Uh, which our segment is "Would You Rather," and I know it's very exciting, very original. But we talk about things we would rather do with props that I find on the internet that I think are interesting. Um. So. We're, okay, we're gonna go with this one. I was looking at some dirty ones, but we're gonna we're gonna go with this one because this one's actually intriguing. Oh Would you rather never wear underwear again or never wear socks again? Yeah, I'm just saying swamp ass sucks, but um, <laughs> I can't go with I can't go without socks, my dude. It have to be yeah, underwear. yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, right. Even though it's not conventional by any means, I would much rather just not have underwear than to oh never wear socks God. again. I feel like it'd be way more painful if I were to not wear socks. And I feel like mm. it would also be really... I feel like my feet would be exposed to a lot more dangerous things than mine. Because I have pants on, I guess, right? You didn't say anything about that. Yeah, so, you can, you I can mean, wear pants. You just can't wear underwear. So, I could wear shorts and then pants, and then that's a loop. Yeah, yeah, it's a loophole. Best, best of go. luck to all of our leather seat users. Um, <laughs> it's already bad enough, but I look. It almost is unanimous in the chat that that everyone wants socks and says fuck it to the underwear. Um, yep. Oops, my pants slipped. All right, that one was too easy. I'm gonna do one more. That was too fast. That was too quick. I was thinking that would get us thinking too much, but then I realized that made too much sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's see. Okay. Uh, would you rather send nudes to your boss or to your parents? Oh boy. Ugh. Can I just die? Is that, is that the <laughs> no, in this scenario, there are, there are two options. You, you have a picture of your penis, uh, on your phone. There are two contacts on your phone. You have to click one of them. Oh, I think Corsi makes a good point with the parents because they've already seen it all in, in a sense. In a sense. In a sense. But I don't, now that I'm 21, I don't want them to look at me naked anymore, so. <laughs> oh, man. It was rough. Uh, Chick-fil-A you know boss. Yeah, send it to the Chick-fil-A Chick boss, boss dude. 100%. It really depends on if it's like a fast food boss versus like my, you know, career, my my dream job boss. How about I your, would think your, your current current boss. And if you don't have a current boss, the last boss you had or if you've never had a boss, a, a boss you would potentially have at a fast food restaurant. Ooh, if it's from a boss at a fast food restaurant, I just be like, oops, oh, well, fire me. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, if it's my current boss, like my boss is kind of chill and, you know, I have rent and, you know, bills and, you know, stuff's expensive to live. So I'd say um, I'd probably just like send it to my parents and just be like, oh, my God, I totally just like meant to send it to someone else. I am so sorry. And then just like never talk to my parents ever again. 
Oh, yeah, okay. I was going to think send it to the boss and never talk to your boss ever again, but okay. The parents, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> I just saw my boss because yeah, I'm watching just, this right now. Because I saw my boss the podcast, and he was he has it on a speaker at work, and I don't know if he's still doing that. And if oh. he is... <laughs> um, hi, Christian's boss. Would you rather get a picture of Christian's penis, or would you rather it be sent to his parents? Oh, I think there's an obvious answer there. I mean, you never know, Christian. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. If you're thinking about this logically, I think I'd have to go with my parents because they've already seen it all and I would never be able to show my face at work again. And I love to eat there. So <laughs> I, I would just have to go with my parents, I think. As he weird as Chick Fil A manager, Chick, he picked his parents over the Chick Fil A manager. Well, because, well, because <laughs> I don't know about my mom, but my dad would like high five me, you know, like he'd be like, "That's my boy." <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about you? What about you, James? Well, huh? Here's the thing: if I was working like somewhere other than my last previous employment, I would 100% send it to my boss. First of all, my parents are like, they just, they just don't, they don't deserve to see that. Like they deserve better than that. You know, like, I don't need to, I don't need to damper your day with that. Um, but also my last place of employment. Oh man. It, it's just, it would just be so strange, but, uh, yeah, it would probably be the boss. Um, and then I just, I, I'd come into work the next day. I'd look him in the eye and, uh, I would be like, so, uh, so what'd you think? <laughs> uh, that's a lie. Actually, we probably would just never talk about it ever again. Um, because we dealt with issues like that and just never talked about them, which is a very healthy way to process emotions. Um, so yeah, I'd send it my boss. My parents would be, would be saved. They would, they would never know that I put my genitalia in front of a camera. They'd be proud of me for that. Um, and, um, <laughs> You like what you see. Um, yeah, no. But if I if I was working at like a, a place where my boss wasn't like 65 years old, I'd probably have a little bit more fun with it. Probably joke around a little bit. <laughs> like, so <laughs> you want to go get some dinner? You know? And then be like, hey, fuck off. And then, you know, we'd like make out and be crazy and shit. You know, like weird. Uh, <laughs> 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 we're like, whoa, that's so cool and quirky. Um, we've been married now for five years. <laughs> <laughs> Gives your boss a heart attack? Probably, dude. And before boss's wife sees those photos? Mm. <sighs> I choose that one. Alright, yeah. so... Uh, <laughs> we are currently 17 minutes over. Um, but we will actually have it out on Spotify this week because we have VODs turned on. Yes, it'll be on Fun Spotify, back. it'll be on YouTube. Um, all that good shit. I, don't, I think we made the YouTube channel. I think I made it, so... It'll be there. Uh, we'll we'll post the links on the discourse and stuff. Wherever you heard about this podcast, you'll get the same information um, about this podcast. So, boss's mail. Yes. No. That was that was the that was the that was the gist of it there. Um, that I would be making out with a man. Um, drop all of the links. Uh, so we got the discords. Um, all that other stuff. We don't actually really have anything set up for this stream yet. Uh, I've been mostly like setting up all the graphics for this stream. But I'm also like very busy with all of my own stream stuff, so I basically work on this podcast for about 40 minutes uh, after I end my stream on Fridays, uh, and then we do it that way, and it's worked out perfectly. There is a cat behind you. 
There's uh, a cat right here behind me. <laughs> why is the name called The Boys Pot Ass Live? Uh, why not? Why not? Okay. Uh, it's just the username cares, right? Yeah. Well, uh, once once we get once we get partnered on Twitch, we will uh, we'll we'll go to Twitch and be like, hey, can you yeet all of the other hundreds boys podcast live ripoff channels? Dude, there's literally so many channels called the Boys Podcast or Boys Podcast, and they don't do anything. We are we are the most prolific boys podcast channel on Twitch, but it is called the Podcast, yes, and I think it's probably gonna stay like that forever. Cause it's a meme. Uh, the People boys, are gonna be like, "Hey, you watch the podcast? The podcast boys. <laughs> my, my favorite podcast episode this week. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for tuning in for the second week in a row. Uh, this will be finally posted live. Uh, we'll get that up tonight. Uh, thank you so much, Andy, for joining us. We look forward to having you again in the future on the podcast if you're available. Um, Christian yep, is always here, here, looking uh, super sexy with his light up microphone. <laughs> Love to see that light up somewhere else. Um, but anyways, thank wow. you so much for everything. That you guys do and thank you guys all for watching uh, you guys are the best uh, we'll have some sort of outro in the future but we don't today so goodbye get the fuck out